What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, we dive into week two of our Halloween series and talk about one of our favorite Halloween movies, Trick or Treat. And we dive into the first half of Why the Last Man, and by we, I mean Chris and Don. Let's go. All right, we are back for another episode of the Raise the Geek podcast. Super excited about this one because it is week two of our Halloween special series that we want to run for the month of October. We are going to talk all about Trick or Treat. Love this movie. I've watched it a couple times this week in itself, and I've watched it a bunch of times already. So super excited. I'm Chris here with my buddy Don. How's it going, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Man, everything is okay. Everything is good. No complaints. Uh, still here in the October stretch of our favorite holiday, which we already, you know, have been over, but it's, uh, it's, it's good, man. Everything's good. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, you know, would be all right, except for I have to figure out, you know, a fantasy football quarterback situation since Russell Wilson went down with a, a busted Uh-oh. finger. So you and I are going to have to have a little bit of a deeper conversation when we're done <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with the limited resources available in the league that I am currently playing in. Yeah, man, because for those listening, we enjoy ourselves some fantasy football. We've, we've had a league, like a friend league, just a friendly, you know, no pressure uh, league that we've been doing for a few years. Uh, kind of didn't have, didn't get fully put together this year, so we're kind of skipping it. But we still play in other leagues, and we like to like, still talk about it and help each other out. Yeah, man, you were showing me some of your uh, quarterback choices you have there because you're in a two quarterback league, which yeah. makes it even harder because you know teams are stretching to get multiple multiple quarterbacks. Uh, whew, man. Yeah, that was, that was some rough choices. Your big dog went down. Now I don't know what you're going to do. I do not either. And we will figure that out. The one thing I do think I am going to do because I'm a glutton for punishment is I'm really thinking about going to see Venom at the mm. movies uh, tonight at some point. I know we were talking about it a little bit, but it was funny because I was thinking about like trying to avoid crowds and get a good seat you know and all that stuff and venom was playing at one of the theaters here that's not the super popular one so it's usually tends to be empty but because it's a little bit older of a theater i actually have to talk to people when i go to the uh buy my ticket you know the newer theater i just go online i buy it through the app or i go to a kiosk and touch the screen and pick my seats and I don't have to interact with anybody to get in. But now I'm going to go to this old theater where I have to go up and actually tell people what movie I'm there to see. Like we used to back in the day. So now the question I wanted to ask you, how did you ever, whenever you had to go buy movie tickets with a person and you might still even have to do it. Do you Mm -hmm. say the full name of the movie? (laughs) Like, should I go and be like, um, one ticket for venom. Let there be carnage, please. (laughs) Man, that's funny because that thought, Thoughts like that have crossed my mind before um, because it's one of those things that's embarrassing for no reason when yeah. you have to say the full yeah. title of something <laughs> that's too long. Yeah. Like, I'm here to see the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Like, <laughs> or can I just say I'm here to see the Lord of the Rings and they know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Usually I uh, just like go with the basic whatever it is. 
Like if I'm going, if I'm you and I'm going to see this new movie or this Venom tonight, I would just say, you know, one ticket for Venom. Mm-hmm. If that person doesn't know what I'm talking about, then they shouldn't have a job as a at a movie theater. Like <laughs> it's know. the only Venom here. There, I don't have, I don't have to say let there be carnage. Like it would be funny if you said, let me, can I have a ticket for Venom? Be like, we don't, sh- we're not showing Venom. Like what? No, it's Venom. Let there be carnage. I need to hear you say it. Or can I say <laughs> Venom too? You could probably say Venom too. So now, what do you think are the odds? Like, how often do you think people say the full title, or do you think more, the majority? Honestly, I think the mo- majority of people are just saying one ticket for Venom, two tickets for Venom. Yeah, uh, because you know we're Americans and we like the easy way out. And like I said, it's just embarrassing. I don't know why it, it is embarrassing to say the full name to somebody. Yeah, birds, uh, of, birds of prey and the emancipation of Harley Quinn, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like saying the full titles because it just makes me laugh um, because I don't think they hear it all the time. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, one for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Makes me laugh. So I don't know. We'll see. But you're 100% right that it is embarrassing to tell this person (laughs) what movie you're there to see. Um, I don't know why that is because you're there to see it. But then you're like, are they judging me for wanting to see this movie? Am I too old for this movie? Am I too young for this movie? Is this... (laughs) Yeah, man. There's there's certain things that are embarrassing for no reason, like uh, being the new person at a at a new job and walking in, and you're like the new guy, and you're like, why do I feel embarrassed? Right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, other things like just like coughing too loud, or the one I love the most is like I don't know if this embarrasses you being uh in a line at like a gas station or wherever you picture yourself in line. There's people behind you. And let's say you're paying with cash and you get your cash back and it's take, you feel like it's taking you a long time to get your money in your wallet. Like that's embarrassing to me. I feel embarrassed. Like, Oh my God, sometimes I'll move to the side and put my money away. (laughs) Like, cause I don't, I feel like I'm taking up too much time from the person behind me. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's just one of those things. I don't know. It was a thought, you know, the random thoughts we have during the day. And I was laying there in bed this morning thinking about going to see this movie. And then I was going to, you know, followed the train of thought there and that was yeah. where i got and i wanted to ask you what you what you would do or how you say and just curious so that's very informative. yeah that's funny man yeah i thought that would be a good question to ask and if you have a different answer than we just described make sure you hit us up on twitter at raised a geek or shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com to let us know how you tell the theater ticket attendant what movie you want to see. But to make sure you don't miss an episode of this show, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services where we can be found. We're still climbing the ranks over on Good Pods, which is awesome to see. So definitely keep checking us out there, especially if you are looking for a new sleek podcast listening service. They got a nice one over there, so definitely make sure to do that. But, Don, no time for more business than that because we have tons of quick hit notes. We were sitting there talking last night when we were playing Warzone and actually winning again out of nowhere, which was random as hell. We had our Warzone renaissance last night. We got good somehow. We got good somehow, and I think the only way it makes sense is everyone's playing something else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll take it because, yeah, once it got later in the night, everybody got good again, and we got bad. So – (laughs) Regardless of that, we won, but we were talking about what are we going to talk about on this episode besides our main topics? Anything happened and we were like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, as I started writing stuff down, a lot of shit happened because we had to pull stuff off because there's so much that happened this week. So we're going to do some quick hits with the news just to kind of hit it there. 
see what we think, and move on. So you ready? You ready for lightning round, speed round? Yep, let's do it. First up, we got some Disney Plus announcements. The first one was that Agatha Harkness from WandaVision, played by Katherine Hahn, is supposedly getting a Disney Plus show that is in development about that character. Um, There's no real obvious details at this point in time. Just a lot of speculation on what that show could possibly be about. But Don, are you interested in an Agatha Harkness show starring Kathleen, Catherine Hahn? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm totally interested. I I loved when that little tidbit came over my newsfeed. You know, one of the standout parts of WandaVision, which is a show I loved, which we talked about, you loved it too. Um, And she was, you know, a welcome fun addition to that show that i didn't know that i needed and Mm -hmm. and uh really really was an engaging character you like the agatha uh, harkness character they kind of like revamped her a little bit for the show from the comics but uh she's really deeply involved in like the mystical side of marvel which is always cool and like the witch the witchiness of her so there's a lot of ways they could go with that show like it could be a um kind of a dark comedy because she's known the actress herself is known mostly for her comedy yeah but it could be a comedy kind of a thing um and there's a lot of different ways they can go they can kind of pick up where wandavision left off and deal with her from there or it could be like a backstory kind of a thing where they go back with her character back to when <clears throat> they showed her being a witch in the old days and deal with that so there's a lot of different things they could do uh i think she is worthy of a show she like showed me enough in in wandavision to to prove that she can carry a show and would be deserving of one. And I'm totally interested. What about you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I watch Catherine Hahn do just about anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just throwing in that character and just, just being able to give a character that we didn't even know if we'd see again, the spotlight is kind of cool. And if you follow that character through the comics, she does have her own group, which I'm blanking on the name at this point in time. But I mean, they could really dive into a lot of her backstory and there's a lot of mileage that they could get on that character that may or may not tie into future movies, but at least from a show standpoint, to be able to flesh out a, like a minor character like that mm-hmm. and really be able to bring her to the masses is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And now that we know they can do that, you know, the fanboys next are be like, give us a Baron Zemo show. We want Zemo. Like, it opens up the possibilities for other other minor characters to get stuff going too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that came up with the next rumor that came out, which was uh, Zaya Ling from Shang-Chi. Her, uh, her and her Ten Rings is rumored to be getting a spinoff that is currently also in development for Disney+. And that's kind of awesome too. She was the post post credit scene showing mm-hmm. that she's going to take over for her father, but instead of dismantling, she is going to now take over and become kind of the next big bad. But then it's like, well, when are we going to see her again? Is this a Shang-Chi 2 thing? Where does this, we talked all in our Shang-Chi episode of where does it, that character go and what does he do? And it seems like bigger and better things are coming his way. So then it's like, what about Xiling over there? Is where, what does she fit in? So being able to give her a show, which I think this is the coolest thing, is to be able to almost pay off on these post-credit scenes where you don't see it for six years or sometimes right. you don't ever see a payoff and be able to pay off some of these things in a Disney Plus. It's kind of yeah. awesome, you know, if we're we're assuming the same thing coming out of like Black Widow, that post credit scene, which should lead to Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, Agatha Harkness doing her thing. 
that right. wasn't really a post-credit scene. But I mean, just think about all these post-credit scenes, like even coming out of like Doctor Strange. We had the one with Guy that I can't remember his name, and I meant to look it up before we started. What was the the villain, Baron Mordo? Is that who you're talking about? The the from Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. That... Yeah, he he was at the end with uh, Benjamin Bratt, and he stole his powers. Yeah, Baron or uh, Mordo, Mordo. Yeah, Mordo, Mordo, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've I still obviously that was how many years ago and we've still never seen that character again. We have no idea right. what that meant. We have no idea where that was going. Well, what if a year later we were able to watch a, a Disney Plus show showing Mordo becoming evil, showing Mordo mm-hmm. on his quest to build up to being the villain for Doctor Strange and doing that? How cool would that be? Instead, yeah. now we've sat on a scene that nobody remembers. Right. And you're going to have to retouch on when you, whenever you do bring that character back. And they very easily might never bring that character back because maybe things are too big for him. So I mm-hmm. just think both of these stories are super cool and a great way to use Disney Plus to really like flesh out things at a higher level. Yeah, that's what Disney Plus is a great, the, the shows Marvel is putting on Disney Plus is a great tool for them to be able to delve deeper into the characters that may not get such a spotlight if we only stuck to this movie this movie schedule yeah if we if we're only putting out four movies a year even less maybe three or two movies a year how are you ever going to get to these characters who aren't you know as high profile you know what i'm saying yeah so that that is what that is definitely a plus for these disney plus shows and and the direction they seem to be going, you know, we don't even have it in our notes here, but I saw something earlier about, you know, even Monica Rambo from WandaVision might get her own show. Um, even though she's supposedly heavily going to be featured in the Marvel's movie. Yeah. A little further down the line, but there was something coming up about her getting her own show too. So it's like, that's definitely um, a plus for me. I, I like that, uh, that you can flesh it out. Uh, this, this 10 ring show could definitely be cool. We talked about it. We didn't know what they were going to do with that. Uh, it looked like at the end of Shang-Chi that she was kind of turning it into a combination of what her father had constructed and, uh, combined with what she had constructed, like Mm -hmm. that underground fight club Mm -hmm. that they showed earlier in the movie. It it seemed like now a combination of both. She brought in her people from that to bring to make them the 10 rings yeah so we really don't know what the 10 rings is going to be doing in the future but if we do get this show which is rumored i guess we'll get to see and i'm totally here for it and we'll get to see it before waiting for a shang chi 2 which who knows exactly. where the mcu will be by the time that movie comes out and right. what are that we experience and will we care or will that story be big enough if you try to save it for the movie and how much more how much bigger will it be if it's set up previously like yeah. we know what the Ten Rings are doing going into Shang Chi two. It just makes Shang Chi two. You don't have to waste that time in that movie. Yeah, Building and as fans, it just it just gives you incentive to like make sure you're watching all this stuff if you want the full story, which is I what I know they want us to do. They want you to watch every movie and every show. So just more shows, more dollars. The more content. The empire keeps moving. Too much content. That's what you were yeah. saying last night about trying not even wanting to cash in your free year on Apple TV because you're just like. It's free and it's a year, but do I need more content in front of my eyes and more decisions to make? So it's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. Speaking of spinoffs and prequels and whatever else we were going, we did get the first trailer for the Game of Thrones prequel series, which I'm already blanking on the name. Land of Dragons. Dragons, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragons. 
or I think just House of the Dragon single, I think. Yeah. House of the Dragon. But yes, or, so we finally got our eyes on this. Looks like this show is set to premiere on HBO in 2022. Don, how did this trailer hit you? Uh, yeah, I'm the the main word I guess would be open-minded. Yeah. Because to fully understand, you have to understand I guess I'm speaking now to like Game of Thrones fans out there, which I'm pretty sure is, you know, was the majority of people. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? But being a Game of Thrones fan was very conflicting throughout the years. Uh, a show that started with a bang and maintained that level of, you know, great television for years. Um, I'm blanking right now on how many show seasons that show did end up lasting. I think, I think it, was it was seven or eight. Yeah. So eight might've been the last season. Um, and for those of us who've seen season eight, I mean, I think the general consensus is that that last season was a complete and utter bust and disappointment for, for those of us who loved that show. And we felt really let down with how that show ended up ending. I mean, we could do a whole episode talking about game of Thrones if we wanted to, because there's so much there to talk about. But, um, so that was always my issue with knowing that all these Game of Thrones prequels were in the works. Well, okay, that's cool. I, I like the the world and the world building there. But how much do I really want to go back into this world with how badly I thought the last season went? Mm-hmm. And um, but, you know, some time has passed. It's been, you know, a couple years since since Game of Thrones ended. So when this trailer came through on my feed, I was like, okay. And I watched and I was like, man, it, it does look pretty good. It does look, it looks interesting to me. And the, the, um, they're not the Darthraki. What is the name of the dragon race? Again? Targaryens. Targaryen. Yes. The Targaryens. It, it feels like there's a lot of stories there that can be told. And this show is supposedly, you know, based 200 years before the events of, um, the first show in Game of Thrones. So it feels like there's a lot of shows that can be told there with the Mad King and even before him and, and that lineage of the entire, um, the, the entire race. So I am interested. I'm probably going to give it a fair shot. Um, and just hope it can be done right. I don't think that Wise and Benioff are involved in any way. And they're the kind of guys people blame the failure of the end of Game of Thrones on. So if we got some fresh voices in here with their take on on the mm-hmm. on the um property, I'm excited for what it could be and I'm going to watch it. So Yeah, I can't yeah. not check it out. Yeah. I agree. I don't really know what this is too much about. I read some of the books, but not really all of them. They're dense and they do their thing. I've watched all the shows. I think like I said, we fall in the same consensus where once they ran out of source material and ran off on their own, then it got a little Mhm turned into a tv show uh, you know more traditional tropes and more like stuff that was always the thing with game of thrones was that they broke the rules you know they did things that you didn't see coming they did things that changed you know just the way story is told you know characters would just die and there weren't always a good reason for it where tv is always you know there has to be a reason for these everything to happen to keep the viewer going but the big appeal with Game of Thrones was they did the unexpected. And once they lost their source material, they didn't know how to do that anymore. So then it became, oh, we're just going to tie into normal TV tropes and <laughs> yeah. um, kind of fall into just the normal traps that TV shows fall into. So 
it is what it is. But yeah, I have no problem checking out a spinoff series. It looked fine. I just couldn't tell you what the hell was going on in it. I just saw a bunch of Game of Thrones images and said, I'm sure yeah. it'd be worth checking out. A lot of people in white hair, the Targaryen race, a lot of them running around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with you, but I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to be paying attention yeah. for it. I'm sure we will talk a lot more about it when we get more information and definitely as it sets to premiere some point next year. But Donna wasn't the only trailer we got this week because we finally got a look at Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, which was a movie we thought was coming out on Netflix. And apparently now they want us to come to the theaters to see it. And by the looks of this trailer, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Give me give me your thoughts on it. What do you what do you think of this uh, before I go? It just (laughs) yeah, it's, it's hard. It just. It looked like a movie. It just, mm-hmm. the, the effects looked fine. Um, I I appreciate what they're trying to do by going back to what people wanted. Let's go to the mansion from Resident Evil 1. Let's kind of tell the story. To have a lot of the imagery, have a lot of, you know, they were, they were definitely fanboying, fangirling us a little bit by basically saying, Look at look at the mansion. Oh, here's that scene the first time you saw a zombie in the other one. And really kind of like playing up to our nostalgia for the original Resident Evil game. My only problem with going that route is, are we going to know the twists and turns already? Like, how close are you going to follow that story? How original is this story? What are you trying to do? But overall, the trailer just kind of looked meh. Um, I hated the fact that they used a Fordon Blonde song in that trailer. It did not fit the theme of what they were trying to do. And I don't, it made it very confusing to me and took me out of watching all of the, like the action and the big moments that they, you know, the parts of the trailer are supposed to amp you up. And I feel like that music did the complete opposite to me. It just mm-hmm. was like, why are they using this song? It doesn't fit Yeah, what you're doing. It was really jarring to me. I will watch it at some point, but you I go really, to the theater. No, I'm not going to the theater. to see <laughs> Unless yeah. something comes out where it's amazing, like all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, it's perfect. And like, it just gets, but there's, I can't imagine in any way that movie being hailed yeah. in any yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, for, for listeners of our show who you've heard us talk Resident Evil before, we've talked about the games we love and, and, and we love that world that that story just exists in. Mm-hmm. Man, I've always just wanted a good Resident Evil live action movie and to this point haven't gotten it uh say what you will about resident evil one some people love it some people hate it some people say it's too far from the game it has nothing to do with the game they just slapped resident evil on some other weird action movie say what you want about it and all the all the movies to follow um and all all we've wanted is a good resident evil movie man and my opinion from this trailer is we ain't getting one anytime soon um I do give them credit, like you said, for trying to remain faithful to the first game and second game a little bit. It looks like they're combining the two, yeah, maybe even three in there a little bit. Like you said, you got the mansion and the zombies and and all your main characters. It looks like Claire is the lead for some reason. Uh, But Chris is in there and Leon, who looks nothing like Leon, uh, but okay, Um, and and some other people. But man, just like you said the cgi looked fine i don't think it looked fine i think it looked pretty bad <laughs> i think like some of 
some of the zombies is just like makeup and they're people but like when they were showing the monsters i was like what am i is this like a cw show or something this looks like the cw resident evil to me it looked like it was filmed for netflix yeah and it probably should have been and it probably should just be straight to netflix i thought resident evil and netflix had a thing going when they just you know we talked about the the uh animated show we just watched and i know they have a wesker show about like wesker's Wesker's twin daughters and stuff um that is coming to netflix so i thought this movie was as well but apparently they also have a theatrical movie and i'm i can't imagine anyone going to see this movie no man it it looks overstuffed with with characters overstuffed with heroes you could have just focused on one or two um the the monster the monsters look weird the zombies might look okay because it's just like prosthetics and makeup but man, I'm I'm not very hyped about this one. And and if it's only in theaters, which they were really pushing on, like it'll be a while before I see it because I won't. <laughs> I'm not gonna go. Um, which is a shame because I love Resident Evil. I know you do too. And we'll see if anything changes. If maybe more comes out a second trailer where something looks more compelling to me. But at this point, eh, I'll pass. Yes, I'm 100. I <laughs> I mean it's. I will watch it at some point. I'm looking through a little bit here because I was trying to see when that does come out into theaters. Um, and it does come out November 24th, which I think is just a random. If it was coming out in October for Halloween, I think you maybe stand a better chance. It was directed by Johannes Roberts, who actually okay. has done a couple movies before. Um, he's actually a pretty solid director. He's done a lot of horror movies. He also did uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, so The Strangers 2. Mm-hmm. loved that movie and mostly it was his direction and the cinematography for that movie he even did those 47 meters down one and two which are terrible movies but like the shots and some moments in that movie are super cool so there i mean there is a potential but yeah from that trailer meh. definite man definite man definite, definite. And, but and it's it's really weird to me too that the trailer just came out what a couple days ago and it's yeah. already releasing next month yeah it's like don't movies usually give you like a month or two to like get a trailer and then what i don't know it just seems like a really fast push and this is the first we've seen of anything of it except a couple screenshots that just goes to show me like how much care did you guys really put into this like you're not even going to really be promoting it because it's only you you've just now released the trailer i got like four weeks i don't know it just it has train wreck written all over it yeah it's kind of like when they release a when they release a a game and they don't give it out for reviews or even a movie you know and oh this movie yeah. wasn't screened for critics so there's no yeah, review. we know why yeah and so i wouldn't be surprised and that's what this feels like to a point you know and speaking of trailers because next weekend is the dc fandom and mm-hmm. where they are planning on dropping trailers and videos and information on all kinds of stuff and all kinds of stuff that isn't until next year because the big thing that we're supposed to be getting is what'd you say a two-minute the batman trailer a new trailer yeah, that's, that's the big that, that's the big uh selling point i believe they're they're pushing is the second official trailer for the batman matt reeves the batman is going to be revealed at that so that's what's got people most hyped i think yeah absolutely i mean that's why everybody would tune into that but just <laughs> yep. if anyone is interested that is next weekend or this upcoming weekend depending on when you're listening to this october 16th 
Um, it mm-hmm. should be streaming online. Last year, they kind of set it up like a comic book convention where it was all over the place. They just had all of their panel time. So I'm sure this week or as you're listening to this, you could check the schedule, see when they're going to reveal stuff. The rumor to that we're getting the Batman trailer. They're going to show some clips from the Flash movie, which just wrapped filming, I think, today when we were recording this. Um, I know that they just completed principal photography for the Flash point movie, whatever that thing ends up being. Um, and then speaking into a video game side, which I'm very excited about, is to see what the Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady Games looks like and Gotham Knights looks like from Warner Brothers, because those are two, I love those style of games, the Batman Arkham Asylum things. And I yeah. think both are set up to be co-op. So, you know, Don and I are always looking for some co-op mayhem. Yeah. And We're going to have some run, fun with those. Running around Gotham City or running around trying to kill the Justice League in Suicide Squad sounds like some good co-op fun. So I'm excited to see what comes up. So that will definitely be content we will be creating in the next couple of weeks after we find out what they say, what they reveal. And then we will send our reactions out through the Internet to all of you lovely boys and girls. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Batman trailer. I'm, I'm I'm excited for Batman trailer most of all. Uh oh, who course. wouldn't be? I definitely need to see more of that. And uh the first trailer I loved it. And and which is still astounding to me that we even got that trailer when they had filmed so little of it at the time. Yeah, they filmed but now, yeah, they filmed like yeah. for what two weeks. Yeah. So and then you know, filming got stopped because of COVID and all that, like everything else. But now with that movie being complete or near completion in post-production whatever the case is i'm excited to see more compilation of what they've gathered throughout you know the entire filming process so i'm really excited for that um the flash stuff that that's you know cool i guess i'm i flash isn't huge on my excitement list but i'll i'm definitely ready to see more of that um there's supposed to be some black adam stuff Mm. and shazam fury of the gods aquaman 2 I guess I finally need to watch Aquaman one and Shazam before <laughs> caring. Uh, those are on my ever growing list. Also supposed to be some peacemaker stuff for mm-hmm. like his, the HBO max show that he's got coming, which is interesting to me. I'll watch that. We, we both like suicide squad enough for me to want to watch peacemaker. Um, see what the hell it is. Yeah. And, and then just some like comic book news. I'm, I'm interested to see that, like the future of the Batman comics and Superman comics that I'm, I'm into getting into more and more these days. Uh, the thing that they are advertising that I really don't care about. And I don't know if it's just me, but like the Arrowverse CW stuff yeah. and all the stuff on HBO Max, like Titans Doom Patrol, which some people seem to love, but I just have never gotten into. I don't know. That stuff just kind of isn't my thing um but that's gonna be there too so it's a little something for everybody man yeah and if that's your jam that's your jam i fell into the cw universe hole for a while i watched most of arrow and i watched a lot of the flash and i watched the first few seasons of all the other ones so it's just too it was just became too much to try to keep up with but i've watched a lot of all of them they're entertaining in their own right for being what they are but yes, I, I can't be interested in them anymore because there's just too yeah. many of them and too much going on. So I've heard that that Superman and Lois show is really good. I uh, watched the first episode and it was cool. And I wanted to yeah. watch, check out more now that it's on HBO. Yeah. And check out the actual season and see how it worked. I always kind of wanted to watch Supergirl too in, in more detail. I watched the first season and I always mm. wanted to watch a little bit more of it and just right. didn't um, just because. 
<laughs> too yeah. much content. Yeah, I watched the first Superman and Lois too. I thought it was all right. I just kind of fell off. We may have to get to that one. See if it's uh, something we want to talk about in the future. That sounds like something we can do. But our last of our quick take news brief, whatever we're calling this segment that we're doing, <laughs> is we did get an announcement today, right before we started recording, that Saga, the comic book by Brian Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. Yep. Brian K. Vaughn uh, is finally, I know you were reading this one, you're pumped for this one. So Don, you run with this one because what I have is Saga, yeah. saga Returns with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, man. For those out there listening, if you're a Saga fan, this is great news for you. Um, <clears throat> saga is going to pick back up in January at issue 55. And it kind of signifies the beginning, what they're calling of the second half of Saga. So we can maybe look forward to another 55 issues. So it's going to be That's a long... they said, 54 yeah. issues. Right. So um, we're at the halfway point. The thing, I don't like to be a complainer. I don't like being a complaining person. But the hiatus they've taken has been super long. Like, I remember when they went on hiatus um, after 54. And, you know, there's back matter to each issue where brian Kavon talks to us and they do fan letters and a lot of cool stuff one of the funnest parts of reading saga is reading the back um it, they, they put a lot of good stuff in there but uh you know they're talking about how they're going on hiatus they need to kind of recharge their batteries which is totally understandable for a creator-owned comic book um you know when you're reading marvel and dc books you have a rotating artist on a lot of these books you pump out a batman every month you're, you might have a different artist on batman every month because they just got to pump them out if they do saga, batman too don't they do that yeah. in that bi-weekly batman yeah probably something like that and and like you might have four different artists on batman in a month now with creator own books when the creators are committed to doing it they just want to do it i write it you draw it we're going to keep this cohesive feel throughout this whole book so that's what saga is um saga is no exception to that and i can totally understand burnout man they were pushing out that book every month pretty much with taking some hiatuses here and there, like a three or four month break to kind of catch up. But after a while you're doing that for four or five years, I can totally understand how that would be like, we need a break. Mm -hmm. So when they initially announced the hiatus, people thought maybe six months, maybe a year tops. It's been like three or four years since this book has come out to the point where I've forgotten almost everything I've read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no spoilers for those who haven't read it, including Chris, because I know you haven't too. I think I read volume one. Yeah. I yeah. think I read the first trade and that was about it. Okay. But uh yeah, no spoilers, but the end 54 like ended on a total cliffhanger. So <laughs> we've been sitting here on a cliffhanger for <laughs> four years. That's crazy. Yes, um, way too long to sit on that yeah. cliff. I'm super excited that it was announced that it's coming back. Uh it's one of those books that was always on the top of my pull list. And uh I, I just, I'm really happy about it. Brian K. Vaughn's a great author, and he also wrote Why the Last Man, which what, um, is what we're going to talk about here in a little bit, the adaptation of that book. So he's a really prolific guy. It's a fun book. If you haven't read Saga, uh, I know the first compendium is available to buy that collects all 54 first issues. You have until January to catch up. That's like three months to catch up on that book if you want to. It's a fun ride, I suggest, you know, people get in on that it's a good one yeah the first volume was really good so i just something i wanted to jump into as well but i was kind of waiting for the hiatus announcement so i'm kind of a little 
little bit pumped now. And I think, I mean, regardless, I think I, you just got to add 55 to your pull list anyway, right? I mean, this is a big oh, deal. Yeah. You got to just add it there and have it. Yeah, that book's going to fly. Yeah. Um, people have been waiting for that one, been clamoring for that one for a long time. So, Plus, I mean, in the three or four years, you, you have to imagine how big, how much bigger has that comic grown? Right. Right. You know, a lot of word, a lot of word and, of mouth of that. Yeah, a lot of word of mouth and how many through. people picked it up in trades, picked it up in mm-hmm. the omnibus, picked it up in the compendium, picked it, you know, and and read through this thing multiple times over these couple of years, getting pumped up for this break to end. So this could be a lot bigger than anybody realizes. Definitely, man, definitely. And uh I don't know what else to say about it. It's a great story. But, Everyone should read it. Excited to hear more about that as we get closer to its release date on January 26th, 6th of 2022. Hopefully there are no more delays in that. But Don, we got to talk about what I think is both of ours, one of our favorite Halloween movies, Trick or Treat. But before we do that, we want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. That's right. It is time for us to talk about Trick or Treat, uh, which was a 2007 anthology horror comedy movie written and directed by Michael Doherty and stars Dylan Baker, Rochelle Eights, uh, Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, a bunch of other people pop up in this movie. Um, I love this movie. It relates four Halloween horror stories with a common element in them, which is Sam, a mysterious childlike trick-or-treater wearing shabby orange footy pajamas with a burlap sack over his head. And the character makes an appearance in each of the stories whenever one of the characters breaks a Halloween tradition. So this was the, this wasn't even the introduction to the character Pumpkin Sam, but has really kind of became a, uh, staple of halloween i think and this this film was delayed a couple years did finally come out in 2009 um, to some festivals had limited run but has basically become cult status Um, it's they got a maze at the halloween horror nights in universal studios in orlando Um, it's gotten a comic book adaptation it's gotten a comic book sequel it's gotten all kinds of stuff for the 10-year anniversary this has kind of underground when you know this movie has a lot right now it is streaming on hbo so if you have not seen it check it out because we are going to talk all about it even if you haven't seen it it doesn't matter it's still worth watching after we spoil everything for you because it's still that damn good done how you feel about trick-or-treat oh man i'm with you trick-or-treat halloween classic i mean you can't you can't say those words halloween classic movie without trick-or-treat it's like the perfect example it encompasses the holiday i would say more than any other movie Mm -hmm. um we talked in our last episode about malignant and a couple things are um we said is a horror movie a halloween movie or a halloween movie we kind of discussed that a lot of movies you can watch on halloween because they're horror movies but they're not about halloween but like this movie is about halloween yes and it's a horror movie at the same time but like not a super uber violent horror movie it's 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 there's something here for everybody i would say if you're a fan of the holiday you're going to enjoy this movie and and those who've seen it know exactly what i'm talking about like it's 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 just uh a perfect encompassment of the holiday yeah um like you said go ahead i was gonna say i just love yeah the idea of halloween traditions and telling you things that you shouldn't do and then just 
seeing the results of what happens when someone breaks those traditions and pumpkin yeah. Sam comes and gets you in one way or another. And it's just a, it's just a cool, it's just a cool way to do it. And they just perfected the anthology idea in this. Yeah. Movie. So it's just super cool. <clears throat> yeah. It, I mean, that's why it's kind of hard to talk about, about this movie chronologically because it is split up into four different parts. Um, the four the four main stories we have are like dealing with a serial killer principle. So you got your serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a group of girls who has a party in the woods where spoiler they end up being werewolves. Mm-hmm. So you also have you know supernatural monsters. Um, there's a a story in here about an undead undead children who come back um, from like an accident that kind of yeah. gets told. So that's the undead zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. and then you, there's like another section i like to just call like the old man's house yeah which goes back to more like entity like enti- an entity chasing you through the house kind of reminiscent of a mike myers or a freddy cougar yep. so like if you're a fan of horror movies in general it ba- this movie basically takes things from each of those genres of horror and combines them all into one in just such a perfect way yeah. And I, and I love how it's not like a lot of these anthology movies, they usually just have like one person telling a story and they're just like, oh, let me tell you about this story. Or I was just watching VHS 94, which is now on Shudder. And I was watching that before we started recording and it was just like, oh, here's a tape. Let's put this tape in the VCR and watch this story. Oh, here's another tape. Let's watch this story. And it works as a plot device to get you from story to story. But like trick or treat, it weaves these stories while they're going at the same time it's like one night in this town it's halloween and then you're just following these characters as they're passing each other and like it's just weaving and then the camera is following one character and then it sees the next one and it just goes with them and you go into the next story and then there are even times where they cut between the stories that are happening at the same time in the middle of the story so it feels like one cohesive movie where it's mm-hmm. still really four shorts and it's just kind of a really cool way to tie it all together bring it back it is all loosely connected in one way or another even if it's just six degrees of kevin bacon style connection sure. some connections are a little bit heavier some are still just hey i saw you on the street or you know i want to seduce you so i'm going to follow you to the woods and get yeah eaten. but yeah <laughs> i just the way that this movie is weaves together is just really it's just done well it's one of the best examples of the anthology and how to do it right yeah, that that is one of the things about this movie is the most rewarding part is how each story does connect and when they reveal themselves to you how they connect. Yeah. Like something will happen in one one, you know, part that you don't understand like, well, why are they showing me that? But then later on in the movie when you see like, oh, now it makes sense because he was watching them do this and this was happening at the same time as that and oh, now it all finally makes sense. Um yeah, they he really uh Doherty did a really terrific job of doing that. Um <clears throat> you were talking earlier about how this movie took a long time to kind of like make some hay. It it was stuck in developmental hell if, if that's the the word for a while. Like they couldn't find the right vehicle to promote it because it was just so hard to promote, I guess a little bit. I don't know why, but I think what really broke this movie out when it did was the popularity, believe it or not, of True Blood, the yeah. the HBO show, which was starring Anna Paquin, because she is like one of the characters in this, like the mo- probably the most recognizable face outside of Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that show took off, um, 
that's when people started paying attention like oh she was in this halloween movie let me check this out and i think that's when this finally broke through a little bit i don't know I can probably agree with that. It would make the most sense. They probably, the studio probably said, hey, we got this Anna Paquin Halloween movie sitting on the shelf. Let's drop it and push her real hard. So we see that all the time with movies. They did that with Cabin in the Woods, uh, Joss Wheaton's uh, Cabin in the Woods. Did you see that one? That's another great Halloween. Not really Halloween one, but. I love that movie. That movie's just great, but they did the same thing. And then it was like, Oh, now we know who Chris Hemsworth is because of Thor. So now we're going to drop this movie. Otherwise it sat on the shelf for years and nobody wanted to do anything with it until Thor came out. So yeah, they do this all the time where movies get made and then sit there until they figure out how to promote it. Yeah, totally, man. Um, I want to ask you, one of my favorite things about this movie is just the set design and just like the, 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 the feeling of, of a Midwestern town on Halloween, uh, you know, trick-or-treaters in their colorful costumes and just like all the houses decorated with uh, jack-o'-lanterns and everything. It really was just like, as much as we love the holiday, that is what mainly hit me, like watching this movie, just like, man, this feels good to just see because you can, it taps into nostalgic memories of when we were kids Mm trick-or-treating and how neighbors kind of decorate their homes and things. I mean, hopefully you didn't live in a world where all these crazy murders were all happening on one night in your town, but it definitely took me back to a place of just like comfortable nostalgia. I don't know. Did it kind of do the same thing for you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I always enjoy about like the Halloween movies and when they focus them on Halloween, like the original Halloween, the, this one, you know, then that's what makes us, we talked about last week a halloween movie versus just a horror movie and when you type like tap into those feelings and they do the Mm -hmm. same thing with christmas movies and other things when you just base it around hey this holiday is going on right now this director did this exact same thing with krampus for christmas i love that movie too we watch watch that movie every christmas because since it's came out because it's just hilarious in its own right um they do and same with this one tons of practical effects tons of other things so it's just it's just setting it around that holiday it just opens up all of that nostalgia and you're just like halloween and you get yeah. all excited for that and the holiday and yeah i absolutely agree with you that it's it's 100 percent such a smart idea sometimes to do that yeah man definitely i mean we got a movie franchise out there that everybody knows called halloween with mm-hmm. mike myers but this movie takes a step beyond that even in the halloween field because halloween is called halloween just because he's killing on Halloween, but that doesn't encompass the the day to me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like that that movie and that whole thing could have taken place on any day of the year. Yeah. It's just called Halloween because it came out in October. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, it uh, happened. Yeah. It happened on Halloween. They had the pumpkins. They had the trick-or-treaters. They still had that feeling of the day, but it's not yeah. what it was about. Where trick-or-treat, it has the feeling of the day. It happens on that day. But the whole movie is literally about Halloween traditions. Right, exactly. And that's where we get Sam, like you said, who is the enforcer of the <laughs> Halloween traditions. Yeah. Uh, he, he, Like you said, he tends to show up when a Halloween tradition is being broken. The man, the, the man, do I want to call him a man? The entity, whatever he is, really just uh, defends Halloween to the end. Um, <laughs> mercilessly what do you think of sam being like a is he a icon like do you put him on the the mount rushmore of of halloween horror villains maybe not horror villains but just like is he up there with mike myers is he up there with 
Freddy Krueger, those guys. I mean, Sam's a hell of a little thing. <laughs> Dude, I, I do think so. Yeah. I mean, he's he's recognizable. He stands out. Um, I think even if you don't know what this movie is, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen him somewhere before. Um, just right. one way or another. I just think that to a point, he is recognizable. And like I said, he's kind of cute and kind of terrifying and kind of all over the place, you know? Especially I, when that mask finally comes off at the end and he just looks like a terrible little little demon yeah (laughs) with pumpkin guts yeah Um, i had him on my my horror list of draftees for last week's fantasy draft out of you know possibility because he's unstoppable and he's relentless you know as long as you're you know unless you're respecting halloween yeah he has no mercy so i think i really think he is and i mean i think he's one of the more memorable ones he has a motive you know what his goal is you know what he's doing he's kind of creepy but kind of cute i like i said yes i don't what else do you want in a horror icon yeah man he's i agree he's up there he's got the look the burlap sack over the head um it's great parents who have no fear could dress that kid up their kid up for him as halloween (laughs) and i'd be like that's awesome um it would be awesome i wish that'd be something i would see right he he gets his most play in this movie in the fourth story the old man house with brian cox yeah um that's when you really get to see the most of sam to me that was my favorite one i love them all but i liked that story i think the most um it's funny brian cox is like the uh old man in that and like me and you have both been watching succession mm-hmm. lately and he plays like logan roy the main guy in that show and he's just such like a serious rich guy and just then get flipped to this like i'd forgotten because it'd been so long since i'd seen this that that was him and i was like logan roy <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah like he's just some old poor grumpy man in this house like it's funny but that just shows the range of an actor you know oh, yeah brian cox is awesome yeah, he's he's been in a lot of good stuff. Comic related too, wasn't he in X Men two as like the or X Men one? One of those he was, he was like the in main the X villain. Two. He was yeah, the yeah. Villain. So it all comes back Riker. full circle. The comic books, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I liked I liked that story a lot. You got to see Sam there, and um, we're getting in like spoilers. We've said spoilers, spoilers. But he he comes after Brian Cox, and um, you we all think he's gonna kill him. But at the end, he doesn't kill him. He lets him live. And it'd been a long time since I'd seen him. Like, man, I wonder why he let him live. And uh, then it kind of ties into another thing where this it all works out in the end if you've seen the movie. But that just kind of made me think, um, like, well, what did Sam really do throughout this movie? Who did he kill? And then it's like, man, he the only person he killed in this movie was at the beginning mm-hmm. with Leslie Bibb, like the first scene yeah. where he kills yeah. kills the girl in her own yard for... And I was like, man, the only reason he killed her is because she blew out the light on a jack-o'-lantern. That was enough disrespect for the, <laughs> for the, for the holiday of Halloween, for the sanctity of Halloween. Sam didn't like that shit, yeah. that you blew out the candle and wanted to take down all the directions before the night is even... Or decorations before the night is even over that he stabbed you to death and you're the only victim of sam yep uh I the old man really gave funny. sam candy so sam was like all right you gave me candy thank you <laughs> right i'll let you live you learned your lesson yeah. but this girl across the street who blows out the candle on her jack-o'-lantern Fuck that <laughs> i'm gonna stab her to death <laughs> yeah that was great that was yeah. great see I, I i love the the principal one with this principal who's poisoning kids on halloween yeah 
That was good and too. Just I just love the I love the fact that he's in that backyard burying those bodies and his son keeps yelling out the window at him, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm home for trick-or-treating. And he's like, shut up. Keep your yeah. voice down. Why? And he's just yeah. yelling. That's just and then of course the the iconic line of Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just love that. That kid yelling through the window was fun. Yeah, that's just that cracks me up every time. And I just love this poor dude in his backyard trying to bury these kids' bodies that he's poisoned with Halloween candy. And then his own son is just blowing his cover left and right, yelling shit out the back window. It's just so funny. Yeah, that was great, man. And that's like uh, a scene where you can tell the total campiness that Doherty is going for. He's going for that like campy 80s Halloween style stuff. But none of the lines were like overly cheesy you know what i mean it walks that fine line between being cheesy and campy but not being too cheesy and campy which i really liked like the, these characters could have said some really dumb shit it was there for them to do but they didn't and like it was kind of played as a comedy but still straight you know what i mean yeah um, this movie was fun Yes. That's, that's I mean, that's, that's just what it, it is. You watch this movie and you're having fun the whole mm-hmm. time. You're enjoying, you're laughing when you need to laugh. The imagery, the practical effects, everything looks good. It's spooky. It's creepy, but it's, you're having fun. It's not there to scare you. It's not there to give you nightmares. It's not there to, you know, be serious. It's there to just be fun. Something that you watch on Halloween and you can watch it all the time because it's not over the top. You know, there's sometimes you have to be in the mood for certain horror movies and there's certain things. Sometimes you don't want the violence. Sometimes you don't want the gore. Sometimes you don't want these other things. And this one has it, but it's done in a way that makes it fun. And I think that that's what makes this movie so easy to go back to every Halloween because like I said, you're just having a good time. Yeah, man, a lot of a lot of horror movies are are set out just to like torment you as a viewer and like make you uncomfortable and make you queasy, whether it's from gore or like it's too damn scary or something like that. But this movie isn't that it's got the it's got all the stuff in there that those things have the essence of, but it's not going overboard on those things. You know, it's not overly gory. It's not overly scary. It's something that you could, you know, if you're a brave person parent or whoever you could sit down with your kid and watch this movie and just have fun with it there's a little bit of gore but it's like an acceptable amount of gore if that's a appropriate i don't know if that's like it's not a thing. graphic it's not gratuitous it's just, exactly it exists it's scary right it's yeah. scary but it's not too scary you know what i'm saying you're not going to feel like an a-hole after letting your kid watch this you could watch it with them uh so there's there's Minus something the there for everybody the werewolves yeah, the, were, the werewolves were a little scary i can but, imagine I mean, that freaking me out as a kid yeah but it's just like that's hollywood movie monster you know prosthetics it's 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 scary but it's not gonna give you nightmares for the rest of your life like child's play did for me when i was six um (laughs) but uh yeah i'm totally with you on that this is this is definitely a can't miss halloween classic man you can watch it every year uh and i have for the past few years I mentioned in our last episode, I saw this in a theater one time, loved, loved that experience. Um, I'm, I was glad to watch it again. I was ready to watch it again. It's one of those movies that you just don't get tired of. I mean, you can't watch it year round, but right around this time of the year, October, it's a perfect thing to watch. It's a Halloween night watch. I would say I might get back to it again this Halloween, like October yeah. 31st at night. I might be sitting there watching trick or treat again. Yeah. I usually put so, it on while I've got the trick or treaters. 
And I yes. just have it on in the background and watch that and just kind of do my thing. So super excited. It is now streaming on HBO Max. So if you have not seen it, make sure you guys check it out. It's a lot of fun. If you like, even if you're not a big horror fan, as one still kind of has a little bit more, it just kind of makes you feel it's like an adult version of a movie you'd watch as a kid. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. If that it. makes sense. So if that sounds interesting, definitely check it out over on HBO Max because I think anybody who sits down to actually take the time to watch this will enjoy it unless you just hate this type of thing. If you hate Halloween and you're the one blowing out candles and taking down the decorations for the holidays over, you might not want to watch this because then you'll be afraid that Pumpkin Sam's going to come get you. Yep, Sam's coming for you, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don. All right, Don. We are almost there, but we have to talk about, I don't know where, I don't know where we're almost, but (laughs) we have a half a season of Why the Last Man to talk about because you and I have not chatted about this outside of our initial impressions of the pilot or the first episode. We are now five episodes in. There is a sixth one out now about Weird Al Yankovic, but I have not watched it yet. That's what the title was called. It was oh, like, boy, I, it was I like Weird that. Al's not here or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, so I have no idea what that's about. But episode six apparently has something to do with Weird Al. But great. We watched the first five because there are 10 episodes in this first season. And uh, as we said before, this was written by Brian K. Vaughn in the comic book form. I know you have the book sitting on your shelf, but never really got around to reading it. But Don why the last man the first half our thoughts go (laughs) go 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 yeah man why the last man we we kind of brought it up that we were going to start watching it and we have been uh we're both halfway through at this point why the last man written by brian k vaughn art by pia guerra it ran for you know 60 issues Mm -hmm. uh, between 2002 and 2008 on vertigo uh vertigo comics which was like a subsidiary of dc no longer exists r.i.p vertigo Mm -hmm. but um yeah i do have the collection sitting upstairs i've read volume one and just kind of fell off reading other things uh watching the show has definitely made me want to go back to the books which i plan to do probably after this first season wraps up and read through those um but yeah man we've got these first five episodes and i've been enjoying them i've been enjoying them they're on fx on hulu for those who haven't seen it it's all there for you to catch up on um every monday every monday they've been popping them out the first three came out uh all back to back to back but then we've had two more like you said three more since then um yeah man i've been enjoying it it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic show the one thing is the marketplace is pretty much littered with post-apocalyptic shows that's kind of been the thing shows movies video games we all know them we know our walking deads uh we know our we know our last of us we know you know they're all over the place because it's a popular thing people like doing people like watching it so it's kind of when you want to come out with something like this it's got to be well what about your idea or what about your show kind of makes you stand out from the pack Mm -hmm. and i think the interesting thing about this show is the reason the world has gone to shit is because for whatever reason, and we still don't know why everything with a Y chromosome has, has died. So this is, has died in a very violent way as we saw in the first episode. So this is 
the originality of that idea is enough, I think, to to capture a lot of interest because when we deal with zombie things, you know, you think zombies when you think post-apocalyptic, mm-hmm. um, it's just some kind of maybe virus that's been through the air or something was in the water or whatever reason, but we've never really dealt with, well, wow, you just killed half of the species in the world, but it was only the men. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of just heightens your interest to the, to an idea like this and what made the comic book so interesting. Yeah, and it's um, not it's not just the men. It's anything with a Y chromosome. So it's dogs, rats, yes. giraffes, animals. You know, I mean, it's animals, yeah. it's people. It's I mean, it's the Y chromosome knocking people out. They even said in this last episode, it was there. There are people who there are women who have a Y chromosome because of a genetic cross that is they're fully female but happen to have a Y chromosome because of a in utero situation or something right. and they didn't even know it and they dropped dead, you know, and it was so, I mean, it was so much more devastating than just men dropping dead. It was literally, if you had a Y right. chromosome, even if you didn't know it because of some genetic marker, you went down and that was it. Yeah, man. Yeah. You're right about that. I, I forgot about that, but that's true. They did kind of get a little deeper in it than just the, just the men. Yeah. Um, since we're on it kind of like at the beginning, you know that first episode just totally went nuclear yeah like nuclear ending the thing that it reminds me of the most is that made me feel that way in a premiere is you know people who listen to this show know we watched invincible Mm -hmm. and the end of that first episode was like jaw-dropping ending and that's this first episode got pretty close to that um it would have been there if the only thing it had against it was the fact that you knew what the plot of the show was you knew it was coming so it was right. like, if you don't know, I mean, obviously, you know, now, so, <laughs> right. but like I said, I think that's the only way that could make this, if you go in completely blind, having no idea what the show's about and that ending hits you, it's messed up. Yes. And I yes. can imagine having that kind of like invincible. Cause when we watched invincible, we were like, what is happening? I was half asleep on the couch watching the first episode, just going, it's just cartoon superheroes. This is cool. This is fine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that ending happened in that first episode and i was like what is this show and it show went from there but i agree with you on that like yeah this first episode ended and your your eyes were open going man that is messed up yeah the the detail they put into it and um like i said i read the first volume of the comic and i don't think there was ever a scene in there where they depicted it the actual happening maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong Mm -hmm. so forgive me if i am but just like the level of detail that they went they went into with like, you know, these guys aren't just dropping dead, all these men, like the president of the United States, every every person in that room, um, all every man on the street, every dog, every everything is just like dropping down and, and blood is coming out of, you know, every, every orifice hole, of their yeah. body body. Um and this scene really like I don't know, took some emotional tolls on me just from the point of like they're delving into okay now every every man is dead that includes every child man mm-hmm. so his children mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a woman who has a stroller with her with her son in it and this has happened to him and it's every daughter who was in like they showed a daughter who's in a car with her father yep and it happens to her father and just like the the emotional level those things those scenes were hitting with me was like man this is some intense crazy stuff yeah this is messed up and this is something it's like how do you come back from this exactly um 
and how we do you and, and yeah we still that's kind of what that's kind of what this show is dealing with uh who do we have our main characters in this like yorick hero and jennifer brown who's, who are all family hero hero's the daughter that's her name the president's daughter the president's daughter mm-hmm. she she's to me gets the least attention because she was the one that murdered her lover right right before yes. it happened okay she's the one who lucked out at the end of the first episode because she just committed a murder yeah uh an accidental murder at that she didn't mean to do it crime of passion she did it anyway crime of passion and she super lucked out because the event where all the y chromosomed people go down happened almost simultaneously so she kind of gets off scot-free on that one yeah and uh we can tell that that's that's like kind of haunting her though that 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 she did that so there's still going to be repercussions from that scene i think oh yeah i would imagine they after the second episode after the incident they kind of jumped around a lot and i was a Mm -hmm. little confused as to where what was happening and like where people were going and exactly who people were and i keep i kept seeing the name hero and i'm like who the hell is hero but yeah like i said that the daughter hero she gets very little attention so far in this first half i think like she's kind of you know she's there but she's only had a couple scenes really in these first five because she had the thing with when she was running around on that farm and she met up with those those other women you know underground people Mm -hmm. with missy pile yeah going up but even that was two episodes ago and they've never yeah she has she has she definitely has the least amount she's her character is kind of falling into the the trope of well it's post-apocalyptic and it's just kind of like someone someone traveling with no real destination and don't doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't know where to go they're just trying to survive um one thing i do think is important to mention about her since we're on it since her um her arc is the person she's traveling with is a character who is like a trans man Mm -hmm. and that's something that i don't think they really delved into the comics too deeply mm-hmm. they might have mentioned it a little bit but in the show i'm glad they're kind of like putting it out there as a thing that's real because it is a thing that's real in our world that that you know needs to be needs to be included in this um and and what it would be like for them somebody who you know is a man in every other sense but they didn't have a y chromosome at birth so how how would a person like that deal with something like this? You know, there's a scene in here where they, like you said, get captured by this group, and and somebody was like, "Well, why would you want to be a man?" And 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 she's like, "I am a man," and I'm like, "Yeah, the man. That that's totally what somebody would would do in that situation." Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they're kind of combining the modern day stuff that's going on in our world with you know the comics. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, I absolutely understand. I I just it was it threw me off in the second episode when all of a sudden she was just in a room with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, wait, is this a, yeah, you, you had to take a second to figure it out. Took, it took a second. <laughs> yeah. Cause they didn't like, they didn't drop any, you're just watching all of these, these, these dudes in this room. And I'm like, wait, is this a flashback or what are we doing? And then it right. wasn't really until they started talking about testosterone. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So it didn't, yes, yes, the light bulb yes. didn't click immediately yeah. just thinking, Oh, these have to be trans men. It was, what's going on so it it, that was kind of something that i wish the show would have at least just kind of made a little bit more obvious as to what was going on because i was i was thinking we were in flashback mode and i was like who are these people and they didn't introduce those characters to us she was just with them and i was like 
Yeah. What is going on right now? Yeah, they didn't make it clear at first that it was present day or if it, because yeah, I know I'm I'm totally with you. It was a, it was a little confusing at first, but just another thing they get to play with with that idea in this is like later on when Yorick is caught by another group of women, he's able to take off his mask and they're like, "Oh, I know somebody who like has a has a stash of testosterone so he's kind of able to disguise himself a little bit i really like that idea that thought process i'm glad that they're bringing that up as part of a part of the story i I, i'm appreciating that social issue being added to the show a lot more than i'm appreciating the politic issue where they're being extremely blatant with the republican democrats (laughs) politic thing you know and we're not going to go too deep down that hole but it's just I'm watching like the president aspect and they're just kind of going. And now they found that they found this woman in India who was like, I'm the president. And they're like, oh, she's a QAnon, like <laughs> full on, yeah. like crazy yeah. anti-vax. Like, I mean, they just list this thing of what a stereotypical sure you know, what they want it's, her to be to paint that image. And I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely playing into some current day politics yeah um the character kimberly who was like the played by amber tamblin who was the president's the male president who died when the event happened that's his daughter yeah um she is totally just like megan mccain yeah that's that's what that is yeah like they even talk about like they even talk mention like the view in there it's like well on the view you talked about me like she's just meg totally megan mccain so yeah i can understand your your little eye roll frustrations with that we're not trying to get too political here on the raise geek podcast yeah Yeah, i i totally understand your frustration with that but also i think that diane lane is doing a killer job as jennifer brown she's kind of like president brown she's pretty much carrying the show a little bit to me just like the um, i think i feel like all the emotional feelings are basically coming from her character and like what she's going through and like she's conveying it the most yeah and followed closely behind her i like agent 355 a lot mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm most interested in her arc and what's going on with her yeah she's got a mystery wrapped around her yeah she's she does and and it's to the point where like the book i know was basically focused on yorick yeah. But to me, to me, he's kind of like a secondary character at the moment that I don't really care too much about because he's been presented as kind of like a guy that isn't. Yeah, he's not very sympathetic to me at this point. Yeah. Through five episodes. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like really, him. I don't, yeah, like I don't really him. care. I don't really care too much about what happens to Yorick. Like, I care more about his mom and the agent who's protecting him than him. Is that yeah. kind of weird? No, or? no. I was going to, once we started talking about York, that was exactly what I was going to say. They yeah. have him portrayed as just, I don't know, selfish. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, maybe there are people out there, but I mean, it's like, if you're finding out that you and your monkey are the last living things on the planet earth with a Y chromosome, your mother is now president of the United States. You have to go figure out something you know, and figure out how to keep the human race going, figure out why you survived. The idea that he's just fighting them on that and like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to go find Beth. Yes. I'm going to go do this. And, you know, I don't want to sit still and I don't want to listen. And he just refuses to realize how important he is. Yeah. Or the species of human like kind. And it's just, just that reluctance. And just, it's just falls into that like TV thing where like, well, we need drama. So we don't want this dude to sit still and we don't want him this. And it's just kind of, 
it's yeah. done in a way that yeah it's, it's he's unlikable yeah he his character does not understand the weight of the situation that he's in and it's kind of annoying to us as viewers is like dude like you said just sit still like how often is he doing this childish thing where he just is like running away and getting it putting his life in danger when she told you no just sit still for a minute dude like you can't he can't even do it so he's not a very sympathetic lead uh at least to this point yeah like i said i'm more interested in what's going on with Diane Lane's character, the President Brown and Agent 355. Well, and um, I think it's done that way on purpose for the show, because realistically, in a show in this situation where you have all of these white, you know, everything with a white chromosome drop, and it's all of a sudden pretty much the women are what's left, those should be the main characters. The women should be the main focus. They should be, how are we going to figure this out? How are we going to do this? Yeah, you have this tool now that you find, you know, Yorick, and you're able to do something with him. But that should be, what are, what are the women going to do with Yorick? What is, what is President Brown going to do? What is, you know, 355? Like, what are they doing? They should be the main characters of the show. And I feel like that that's what they're doing. And I feel like that's probably a shift from the comic book. And I would yeah. imagine it was done on purpose in that way. I'm sure someone sat down in a room and just said kind of like, hey, why aren't the women the main characters of the story? Yeah, in the book, they may be the side characters a little bit, but let's bring them to the focus because that's what this story yeah. should really be about. Yeah, and and that kind of brings me to just, I wanted to know your take on, do you feel like this is a commentary a little bit on do men run far too much of the world in general because in the first episode okay we got planes falling out of the sky right mm-hmm. so that the pilot of that plane was a man they have infrastructure in this show which is crumbling has crumbled to the ground has basically brought the world to its knees because the entire world has been run by men basically mm-hmm. like governments are falling we just have this small group of women who have been able to somewhat keep the united states government intact but you got to imagine we're talking you know 90 percent of the government are some of the people who all drop dead so it's just this small group of women who are holding this together if this show was switched switched around and it was you know all the women who who died we wouldn't have a show because you know they would have been like well we'll just carry on we'll carry on with the world it's i just feel like it's It'd be a whole different kind of disaster, but yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be a different. Yeah, yeah, it would be a different kind of disaster. But like, I feel like it's a commentary on maybe the men have run too much of what's going on in the world, and that's why it's in such shambles now. And I feel like this show believe that believes that to be true, and I kind of agree that like, yeah, man, there should have been, you know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how I'm trying to say this, but I, I feel like it's a it's a commentary on kind of how the world is set up and how it should be shifted a little bit. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's a commentary on that. And it's true to a large degree. I mean, if you just look at the statistics of a lot of those things of who has what jobs and where they are. And I mean, that's part of the whole women's revolution and the whole, you know, everything that we've seen in the past handful of years, but if stuff's been going on since the sixties and all kinds of other stuff, I mean, hell, I went and saw my fair lady from the sixties a couple of weeks ago, and it was talking about this, you know, the same type of thing. So this is not new information of, you know, women's rights and all of those, those topics. Um, and it's still stuff that we're battling, like I said, once again, not to fall down any kind of political hole, but I mean, it's obviously I'm in Texas. So definitely there's been laws passed in the recent, yeah. you know, weeks 
that have changed and altered and reversed course on some of that, depending on where you fall. Once again, not diving into it, but you know, definitely it's, it's there. And I mean, especially if you think of outside of our country, there are, you know, women all over the world have are different levels of where they are and where they're mm-hmm. in power and where they're not. So there are other countries that would handle it better than we would. And there's other countries right. that would handle it way, way worse. Yeah, man. Totally. That's that's kind of like a running theme that's been running through my head while watching the show. It's like, man, I hope these I hope these women sit here and, and build this world back better, <laughs> you know, because it is a problem that the the apocalyptic world they're living in is a direct result of what the world was before you know what i'm saying yeah because there wasn't an equal balance so that's just a little side thing i had running around my brain i didn't want to take this this show with me and you into like super political uh directions but it's fun i like i mean hey that's that's what the show is you know and the show is touching on those topics like i said i'm dreading it because i just you know it's just been done so many times on tv shows but you know where we're heading in the future episodes with the secretary showing up who's rightfully in line to be the president of the United States, but everyone thought she was dead. So she Mm -hmm. technically would be next in line. So now she just came back to Washington after she awoken from a coma and she's fully planning on, Hey, I want to take power. You know, we want, we won. I think she said it in the last episode we watched, which was, you know, we won the white house by a landslide and still the Democrats end up in charge. And, you know, you could tell that she's planning her, you know, Let's take over. Coup. Was it it's like her coup? coup? Yeah. And you yeah. just, I just, you know, you see it all the time in shows and you see it all the time, especially from a political standpoint in this type of situation. Even these apocalyptic shows like to, you know, I mean, Walking Dead every season, it's how do we become the next leader for this? It's not politically based, but it's still Rick trying to take over someone's camp. Hey, yeah. we live in Alexandria now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who's the leader? Who's the who's the top faction? Who who's gonna wrestle control from what other group? It does kind of fall down those tropes a little yes. bit. We got five episodes left, man. We're gonna have to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super enjoying this show. It's it like I said, feels like an FX show. It's not a perfect show in any way. It's right. jumbled in times, and like you said, York, I do, do not enjoy it. As I said when we talked about our first thing, it reminds me a lot of uh, the strain. Mm-hmm with uh which was an also an fx show uh, and that was a vampire one and that had characters male characters and just characters in general that were very unlikable and you're doing stupid things and i was like oh my god why are you doing that but i watched all of that and i watched five seasons of that show and it was it was entertaining so this is definitely falls into that realm of being super entertaining yeah this is definitely good enough for me to keep watching and i'm going to i feel it can maybe use a little more pace like it, yes. it gets it gets a little slow um and and drags a little bit at times but we're at the halfway point so i'm hoping that the ending you know we kind of go out with a bang here i'd expect a season two and uh yeah just kind of see how it goes are you surprised at how little conversation there is about this show a little bit because i mean Um, i really haven't i mean i'm not on all the channels all the time to really mm -hmm. be in the loop i'm a little off grid when it comes to a lot of that stuff but yeah I mean, I really haven't seen, you know, just scrolling through IGN, looking at basic news things. I'll see stuff about Squid Games and I almost said Squid King, but Squid Games. And I'll see stuff (laughs) about the things that people are talking about. You'll still see those articles being written. And I've seen nothing like outside of the initial like, hey, this show exists. And then nothing. Yeah, it does feel very little talked about. Um, And I, I, I don't 
fully know why. Maybe it's because of where it is. Um, people don't really go to Hulu as like a go-to for shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be the reason. But I hope that there's enough people watching it to warrant a season two. Yeah. And even on even on Twitter, you know, I, I I use our Twitter and a lot of like-minded shows and 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 people who cover comic books and stuff like that doesn't seem like a lot of them are talking about it either so i don't know if this is just kind of under the radar um i don't know i don't know how to explain it but i i I hope people are maybe checking it out later maybe not watching it all live maybe once it's all done the word will be out there like hey this is a great show and people will watch it that way yeah people don't Uh, like to they don't like the week-to-week model yeah so hopefully maybe once it's all done people will catch on and and give it a chance because i definitely think it's worth watching oh yeah do you think it could be the oversaturation of the apocalyptic thing like you were talking in the beginning could that be just a damning even though this was one of the first stories not first stories but one of the bigger comic book stories to kind of cover this topic yeah because this like so long yeah this predated the walking dead and this predated the last of us but it's like the last one to get a adaptation well i guess last of us adaptation is still coming um but that's going to be out there in the world pretty soon and the walking dead is out there in the world and and uh, there's i'm sure plenty of other examples of that um so yeah it could be that uh maybe it just goes under the radar for that reason because there's so many things that kind of deal with the same thing but i feel like this show takes a unique enough spin on the on that that if people would just give it a chance they they'd find that they could enjoy it yeah, it's definitely definitely higher quality and I think does something a little bit different than you do. Like I said, it reminds me of a cable TV show. You know, I yeah. like watching Snowpiercer on TNT and it reminds me a lot of that where it's not the best. You kind of laugh at some of the stupidity and you're just like, all right, roll your yeah. eyes at your moments. But it's entertaining in its own right. And episodes are kind of quick and do their thing. It's just I agree with you. I think I'm done with the setup of the world and the stories and now I'm ready for that downhill rush to the finish so i'm hoping you know in the weird al episode next that's kind of their <laughs> their goal and yeah, man. you're introducing weird al yankovic in some way i think you're on to something then you're in i'm in i yeah, man we're, we'll definitely we're definitely going to talk about this show again after uh it wraps up and give our final thoughts and maybe we'll um change some things up about it so yeah i'm excited to see how this thing wraps up Um, If you guys out there are watching Why the Last Man, which is up on Hulu every Monday, definitely shoot us an email at raisedgeek at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at raisedgeek. Join one of the, what are we up to now? 1150? Something like that. Close to that. Yeah. We are flying. The numbers are coming in. We like it. Yeah, we love it. So join us over on twitter at raise the geek talk about why the last man and what you thought because these are what our thoughts of the first half were and we would love to hear what yours are so definitely join in on that conversation yes sir i agree with you (laughs) i was waiting i'm like what are you gonna say but i think that's gonna wrap us up so until next time i'm chris and i'm done and thanks for listening to the raise the geek podcast where we all speak geek 